Good morning, Sun Valley Church. Welcome to the Voice of the Valley. It is a rare day on the Voice of the Valley because we have both Pastor John and Pastor Rick here in the room again. This is probably the first time and since your surgery, John. It's rare. It's rare. Yeah. It's a rare day indeed. You mean like in months? Months. Like we haven't been on together in months. This is true. Wow. This is true. It's good to see you, John. Welcome back. It's well, really, I really good to be here. I really <laughs> liked the uh, the podcast you did the other day, uh, a few weeks ago, on what you do all day. Oh, yeah. That was enjoyable. I enjoyed listening to that. Yeah. Gave me insight into what I can start to do all day. One thing I didn't say on that podcast was <laughs> how much time I spend avoiding Jeremy looking for me to do podcasts. <laughs> Judging by your track record, you're doing a good job. Yeah. But I have this really... alarm on my watch. It's, it's when Jeremy gets close, it goes off. <laughs> the stress alarm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I hide behind the desk. Or... Has anybody seen John? <laughs> he had an ankle surgery. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Air, seen... air quotes for those of you who can't see. Yeah. Not, seen, <laughs> not seen the X-rays. Wonder why. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it's good to be back. Uh, we've, we've taken a few weeks off unintentionally, but we're back. And uh, before we get going on this podcast today, I just want to mention that in the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about Sun Valley's history um, leading up to our 20-year anniversary that will be happening on March 16th. March 16th is the official day, the actual day, and it's going to be a Thursday uh, evening event mm-hmm. that we're going to uh, have it catered and have dessert and, and celebrate the actual 20th year anniversary. Yeah. But then on the 19th, Sunday the 19th, we'll also celebrate some more and, um, you know, remember all the good things God has done. So, yeah. Yeah. It's coming up. It's coming up. So the next, uh, starting next week, we're going to be... Uh, recording or interviewing some some people who have been there since the beginning some some families who have come since we started and and um just hearing how god has used sun valley as um how god has used sun valley in their lives so uh, looking forward to that it'll be good it will be be. yeah but today we're talking about books we're talking about books Novels, biographies, mysteries. Hardbacks, softbacks. Hardbacks, softbacks, Kindle. Big ones, small ones. Big ones, small Someone ones. Someone speaks your head. Yeah, exactly. Um, I like big books, and I cannot lie. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking We are talking books. Um, and, and the importance of reading books in the Christian life. Um, you know, there's a, there's a few times throughout throughout the book of Acts... And uh, throughout the epistles that we learn of Paul's reading habits, Paul was a reader. Um, you know, when, when he was in Athens, he goes about and he, he studies uh, the gods of the city. And he comes across um, the, the idol that's dedicated to the unknown God. And he uses that information uh, as his stepping stool, if you will, uh, into his message at the Areopagus in Athens. Uh, and similarly, uh, he asked Timothy... In, in 2 Timothy 4, he says, he says when you come, uh, bring the cloak that I have left with Carpus at Troas, also the books, and above all, the parchments. Um, so I guess, I guess we're, we're jumping into this podcast about reading uh, based off of, of Paul. Um, 
if Paul was a reading man, uh, what should that say about us and our reading habits? Well, Paul, you know, um, he read, of course, to get to the level of education he had. He was a highly educated man, and that's the only route to formal education. Reading, right? That's what it's been for the, you know, history of man. If you want to, you know, progress in, in education, usually formal education, you have to read that's what you do I remember when I was um, down at Multnomah my senior year uh, and I at the time I wasn't a big fan of reading um, but in order to in order to accomplish the assigned reading for my senior year I had to read six hours a day Ooh. just read let's just sit there and read and yeah. read and read and read and um so I've grown to hate reading. <laughs> no, it's it, it actually, Noma's fault. <laughs> no, it's that that actually has helped me learn to love reading. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, it's important to read. Um, it's been said, leaders are readers. Hmm. If you're not reading, you're not leading. Hmm. And of course, there's that's a generality, but. I'm sure there's um, leaders that didn't read or couldn't read. But for the most part, generally speaking, if you're going to be a good leader, you'll be a reader. Hmm. Good leader in the home, good leader in the church, good leader in the community. I think you'll be a person that reads. So if you're not interested in reading, um, you're, you're missing out on a lot of important elements that you know instruct about what it means to lead yeah so why is that why why if if you're not you don't you know i this we're actually going to jump down here to um question five because i think that's that's kind of um going off of what you're just saying here john um you know, Spurgeon says this. He says, Give thyself unto reading. The man who never reads will never be read. He who never quotes will never be quoted. He who will not use the thoughts of other men's brains proves that he has no brains of his own. You know, that's Spurgeon for you. Um, so so how, how, does, how does reading help us to lead people? Well, I mean, if we're not if we're not engaging with the thoughts of others, right? Whether the biblical authors, which is also to engage in the, with the mind of God who, who inspired the scriptures, or just others who have gone before us or those who know more than us, then what are we left with? I mean, we're left with, with our own thoughts. Mm-hmm. And if we think that our own thoughts are sufficient in themselves to get us through life and to help others, then that would be uh, the height of folly and pride Hmm. i mean reading for the right reasons is an act of humility because it's an acknowledgement that we need we need each other and uh, you know john you've said for years that the the gifts to the church 
that uh, that Paul talks about in Ephesians four, mm. the, the shepherd teachers. Uh, you know, thankfully, we we don't need to only stick within our own generation of gifted leaders. We actually we are in the most privileged place in all of church history, I would argue, um, because we have all of church history's wealth of writings that we can draw from in digital format in digital format seriously we how, can actually go places advantage. it's on it's you and i were just geeking out on logos yesterday software <laughs> um just the wealth of resources i don't even know what resources i don't like I being painted for, with that brush <laughs> geeking, the geeking out? out thing yeah well but, i mean jeremy can edit it and you're the boss so <laughs> you do what you want there but yeah you're you're right it's who never before it's ridiculous. It is unbelievable mm-hmm. the access we have. You know, I I have always not always uh, back in the early nineties became a fan of the Puritans, and um, somewhere in the late nineties they came out with this um, Puritan library, digital Puritan. Well, the Puritan, Puritan hard drive. Library. Well, now it's in a hard drive. Then it was disc form. Okay. And I purchased the discs. What's a, What's a disc? Huh? What's a disc? <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's that thing that, that goes between each of your vertebrae. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I think they make them with tellurium. Yeah. I was studying in chemistry the other day. We were studying that. I'm going to look that up. So anyways, I mean, and, you know, how long would it take you to access the, the hard copies of those things? And, I mean, just literally opening the books and, mm-hmm. and going through them. And in Bible study... My Bible study, I think we've mentioned, talked about this recently, but my Bible study time uh, is doubled or, you know, quadrupled in terms of how much I can get done versus what it used to be with opening hard copies, taking them off my library shelf, putting them back up, having four books opened on my desk, which I used to do, mm-hmm. which I don't anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think I even said at some point to you, I don't know if it was a podcast. It was or the last journey. podcast, yeah. Was it? Yeah. I can't remember the last time I opened a hardback reference book from my library shelf. Yeah. I keep them there for insulation from that outside wall. <laughs> you know, But everything that I have is, is on my Logos library. Now. Right. You know, so it, and we have the Audible books now. You can get so far ahead just driving to and from work. Yeah. You can, it's just amazing Mm -hmm. and so yeah we need to be we need to be reading and by the way jeremy the quote you just uh gave from spurgeon give yourself into reading and then the man who never reads is an idiot Um, (laughs) the contemporary spurgeon right there (laughs) in the same quote uh, or at least close to that quote he says uh of all the reading you do spend the most time in the scripture Mm. and so uh Spurgeon was at least trying to get people to understand that reading is good, but Scripture is best. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what Paul was saying. Bring me the books and the parchment. His books, not sure, could have included some secular things, which is great and fine. But the parchments were meant only one thing. That was the Scriptures. This is the Old Testament. Yeah. He wanted those. He wanted to read mm-hmm. the Scriptures. And so I think that's important part of this conversation that right. we're not just talking about, you know, um, becoming familiar with the thoughts of, you know, man alone, but right. God. Right. You know, you see Daniel when he's in exile, 
Um, and he, he goes, he goes really high up. I mean, he studied, he read, but you see him studying Jeremiah's writings to try to figure out how do I, how do we live faithfully in exile today? And so, um, you know, that's ultimately what it's about. It's not reading for the sake of knowledge. Um, it's, it's reading to gain knowledge so that we can live wisely before the face of God Mm. and man. Um, so that we can ultimately do what we're what we're designed for, which is to glorify God and to enjoy Him. That's what the that's that's the end of reading. Um, there are some people who who just enjoy reading for reading's sake. I mean, I'm I'm probably one of them, and you know, I think John, you enjoy reading. Um, Jeremy, you re- you read a lot, but um, if if that's what we're doing and that's the be all end all, you mean entertainment? That was that's. Um, you mean for entertainment? If that's all, if just because it's purpose. enjoyable, like it's an enjoyable thing to do. But that's that's a that's not the best use of time, right? Right. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah. Um, you just it's to gain um, a greater godly godliness mm-hmm. and a greater usefulness to others. Yeah. Um, that's why we should be reading. Well, Jeremy, you're currently reading Holiness by J.C. Ryle. That particular book is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And if if that if there's a book that gets you thinking about holiness, it's that book. Mm-hmm. Thinks you get, gets you thinking about glorifying God with your life, it's that book. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's exactly what happens, Rick. You're, you're right. It, the reading brings us into the presence of God like nothing else. Yeah. Including, of course, the scriptures. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so so um, somebody somebody might say, well, I just don't have time to read, and that including the scriptures, I just don't have time. I have a busy schedule. I, you know, I I got to get to work. I got to do this, that, and the next thing. What do you, what do you say to somebody who says, I just I don't have time to? This is what I say. <laughs> <laughs> People do what they want to do. Yeah. It's the, every one of us makes decisions on the use of our time. We all have 24 hours. You do what you want to do. You mm-hmm. can't tell me you're too too busy. Mm-hmm. I like to. I I actually will when I I encounter that, and I, it's it is an excuse. Um, and you're not saying that as a man who doesn't have a busy life. Your life is packed uh, and, with reading. With reading. <laughs> so come on, folks. No, you know you're a, you're a mogul. You've got, you know, a real estate mogul. You've got, you know, you're leading a church. <laughs> You've got a lot going on, but you read. And you and so, you know, John's not speaking from some position of, you know, he works one day a week as last podcast established. Yeah. And, but I encounter that excuse most often um, in counseling. And I will try to drill down with people into the details because that's usually where our excuses fall apart is in the details. Okay, well, what time are you going to bed? What time are you getting up? How much time are you spending on Facebook? Oh, that's interesting because I saw you post about this and you seemed like you had a lot of time to do that. It's just that you didn't choose to do, you know, you still don't have a structured life. Normally is what it comes down to. There are priorities. Yeah. And discipline is called discipline for a reason. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason why Paul tells Titus to teach the young men one thing which is self-control when he tells him to teach the older men, older women, and younger women Mm -hmm. like seven or eight things. Well, it's because self-control, which would include discipline of our lives and schedule, um, it's not a natural strong suit. Mm -hmm. And so it it takes work and we have to weigh what is important. Um, And that's in all of life, you know, and then give, give priority of time to that which is most significant. 
which first of all is going to be Christ. Mm. Um, and that is, and that when we get that right, it will ripple into all these other important things going a lot better than they do if we ignore Christ and think that we just need to get to those other things and then wonder why things aren't going so well. I mean, you see it all the time. Yeah. That's, that's the human condition. Yeah. And we could say, we could argue, I think, from Scripture that we're commanded to read. Um, you know, grow in the grace of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. How do you get that? Yeah. Not by sitting with your legs crossed on a mountaintop. You get that by reading, right? Yeah. That's how you get it. There's obviously general revelation that we can learn some things of God, but to, to learn the, the, the depths of God requires someone either telling you or you reading. Yeah, yeah, right. and, and it's not that for people who, who would say, well, I'm just not a very intellectual person. Well, that's fine. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about you need to have an aptitude for you know a giftedness in reading in order to read. We're talking about do you know Christ? The scriptures were written for everybody, and the whole reason we have English Bibles, the reason William Tyndale died, um, to translate into English when it would have been a lot more comfortable for him to leave it in Latin or whatever they were doing, is because he was convinced that the that the guy who's working the plow in the farm field should be able to read the scriptures mm-hmm. because God God's word is for that guy mm-hmm. as much as it is for any scholar, right? And yeah. so this is, in fact, that's why we have schools in America. Uh, the Puritans started schools, common schools. So that children would learn to read, so that children could read the scriptures. Yep, that's it. And that was their textbook. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I ran into Paul Washer at the Shepherds Conference a few years ago, and so as soon as I ran into him, I I had a heart attack. Um, you said you were sorry. Yeah, I didn't mean to run into you. <laughs> sorry, I, I, I was, repent. I don't even know what for, but I'm just so sorry. In the same vicinity as you, Paul. Um, and I, I ran into him and I actually started this conversation cause he gave this, this speech at the TMAI conference just before. And I was just like, just saying, I appreciate that. That message it was good. Uh, and Paul Washer has his, you know, servant guy next to him. Who's got like a stack of books. I think it's got, this guy's name was Friday. Yeah. Friday. Yeah. I don't get it. You're not a reader. <laughs> Friday, Swiss Family Robinson. Oh, you know. no, I haven't read it. I haven't read that one. I don't know, Swiss Family Robinson, but... <laughs> I just watched that. You're not talking about the Disney version, are you? No, My Man Friday. My Man Friday. My Man Friday. Ah, yes, okay. You don't know about that, seriously? No. Jeeves? Let's start this podcast over. Yeah, obviously <laughs> I need to go read that one. Anyways, Washer has his guy that's got this like major stack of books, you know, like above his head kind of thing. And... <laughs> And the one thing that Paul Washer said to me is like, make sure you're in the scriptures as he's like buying these 45 books to read. Right, right, He's like, if, if you're going to do anything, make sure you're a man of, man of the word. Um, that's so true, right? Because we can, we can have like these libraries and we can have all these books, which are good and necessary for the Christian life. Um, but so often as Christians, we can tend to negate the scriptures and just pick up a book and, and read that instead of the word of God. Um, so, you know, for, for those that would sit here and go, well, I'm just not a reader. Well, if you are going to read, which you need to, that's a, that's a good godly thing that you're, you're called to do. Make sure that you're in the scriptures. Um, Robinson Crusoe. Robinson Crusoe. 
Read it. Okay. Oh, that's Friday. why it wasn't in the movie. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right, Jer. Uh, this is why godly men throughout human history have been taken by the scriptures, mm. because they are they are the things that that change the heart. They're the things that change your ideas about God. Um, you know, it's the most important to be reading inspired words. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not wrong to be reading uninspired words, depending on the, you know, the content. But um, to put that up against inspired, that would win every time. I think the inspired word, mm-hmm. which is why Paul wanted the parchments. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's going to look to you know to kind of go back to the comment about we do what we want. I mean, there are some life circumstances where there is going to be a legitimate um, that we just don't have. A bunch of disposable time. Um, we have several moms with young children who are homemakers, and that is a unique season of life where getting through a chapter of the Bible a day before you just drop dead at the end of the day is kind of, it might be asking a bit, you know, but what, so when we talk about the scriptures and ingesting the scriptures, I mean, there's even um, ways to do that in those circumstances, like having it on audio Bible as you're doing dishes or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so God, we have opportunity to be readers, even if we're not physically holding a book. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, we have, we all have books that um, have played an impact in our life in the Christian walk. I think one book that has, has helped all three of us is, is the book knowing Christ. We've talked about that numerous times in this, on this podcast. Um, but what are what are some besides the actual book? What are some particular genres maybe that have that have helped you uh, in your walk with Christ, and and why have have those you know genres books you know how how have they helped you with your walk? Uh, well, I, I like I like pretty much all kinds of reading. But I think I, I can list them and prioritize them. Um, not a huge fan of poetry. Um, I've read some of it, but it's just like, it's a sensitive guy trying hard. <laughs> it's kind of how I see poetry, you know, and I'm okay with that, but <laughs> poor Milton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor King David. <laughs> what a sensitive man. Yeah, Here's your 200 scripture. Philistine foreskins. Let's write a poem. But he was a sensitive man. <laughs> yeah. But he also killed people with, with ease. So I'm going to give him his respect. But uh, Oh, he had to deal with his emotions somehow. He did. Sometimes really? he wrote poetry and sometimes he <laughs> circumcised a Philistine. <laughs> Pile him up. <laughs> Anyways, no, I I, uh, I personally have kind of been stretched in my reading um, of late, and I don't mean like in the past few years, I mean, uh, to incorporate other uh, genres of reading that, that encourage my heart, including even um, secular books yeah. that, that kind of give me an appreciation for creation, like John Muir's writings. Mm-hmm. I've, I've read those lately, and uh, as... Secular as Muir was, um, I think that it it's, does good for the heart and the soul, kind of like nature, almost. Uh, and of course, that's what he was writing about. But um, 
uh, that kind of stuff. I, I read Steinbeck's East of Eden, and some people would say, oh, you're reading Steinbeck, but, you know, it was it was a, a good read for me. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it, and mm-hmm. I learned some things uh, about how the world thinks about sin, um, um, how God thinks about sin just because of my theological background mm-hmm. and comparing it to Steinbeck's view. Um Stuff like that, but but as as I move towards the top of my list, you know, I like historical things, including biographies. That's those, that's history, right? Um, and then uh, prose, uh, books on theology, um, nonfiction, mm-hmm. things like that, that are helpful yeah. to me, that I've benefited from a lot over the years. Is there is there one book above the rest that has had the most impact on you? Like a book? Yeah. Uh, no, but I've got a list of a few. Um, uh, Holiness, I mentioned that. Uh, Desiring God and the Glory of Christ. Godly Man's Picture by Thomas Watson. Glory of Christ was by Owen. Desiring God, Piper. Ryle was Holiness. Knowing God, Packer, The Pursuit of God, Tozer. Those are all mm-hmm. really substantial mm-hmm. in my Christian development. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen Charnick, um, The Knowledge and Attributes of God, um, amazing. So yeah, there's there's books like that that I would like if I were, you know, dropped off on a deserted island, and they were to give me, you know, ten books, I'd have the Bible and nine others like this yeah. that I could go over. Yeah. Yeah, maybe a, a fishing guide. Hmm. Maybe like a fishing guide book too. Yeah. 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 Catch some fish. Edible plants identification book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Things like that. <laughs> Rick, how about you? Um, I would say probably if you find me gravitating toward one genre and, and I'm finding it really edifying, um, I mean. If, Sure, theology goes, I mean, almost without saying, because it's we're getting a, a deeper knowledge of Scripture directly from, yeah. um, uh, you know, people who have spent their lives immersed in it and are putting it together that way. But I, I, w- I would probably say biography. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a whole shelf, um, you know, on my, you know, my book in my office devoted to just biographies. Um, and that, one of the reasons I love biographies so much is because people are quirky um, and I'm quirky and sometimes I just, well, something that C.S. I don't know if C.S. Lewis actually said this, but he did in the movie Shadowlands. (laughs) If you ever saw (laughs) Anthony Hopkins portray C.S. Lewis and he was talking with one of his students at Oxford and he says that uh, he says, we read so that we know we're not alone. Hmm. And that really is true of when you read about men and women of the faith who have gone before, and you, and you come. What I like uh, almost more than anything else in those biographies is seeing actually how flawed these mm-hmm. heroes are, and how much God used them in spite of that, mm-hmm. and used those flaws. It encourages me to persevere, um, because I, you know I, I've got a few portraits in my office, and I call them my cloud of witnesses. You know, we have that that chapter of heroes of the faith in in Hebrews eleven mm-hmm. of people, and you. And, you know, what is their common thread? Well, they were all of them sinners, like seriously. And God was faithful through them and set 
you know, examples for us in running this race with Christ. Um, So I say, you know, biography. Um, The Chronicles of Narnia, you were mentioning yesterday, that had a real big... Actually, it was through Chronicles of Narnia, reading it in college, uh, that really initiated a love of reading for me because I wasn't that much of a reader. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I went to school, I worked all through high school, and I was just preoccupied with other things. Good things, but other things. But I really started to love reading in college. And C.S. Lewis was that guy. Jen and I took a, a life and thought of C.S. Lewis class by kind of an eccentric professor who, you know, is a lifelong bachelor in his 60s, who was a Lewis, I mean, he was a Lewis expert. And his love of Lewis siphoned down to us. Mm. And so I'd say, I'd say Lewis is uh, someone I gravitate toward. Um, history. I really like history. Yeah. Um, I, I wish I read more fiction that I consider a weak spot uh, in my life that yeah. I don't read more fiction, but I actually struggle to kind of get motivated to do that. Didn't used to be the case that it's flip-flopped for me. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I've never, I've never, I've had a hard time with fiction myself. I just, uh, besides entertainment, which sometimes is entertaining, other times it's like, okay, that's enough. Um, but it's it seems like every time I pick up a fiction book, I think to myself, I could be reading something better. <laughs> you know, I, I'm spending my time doing something better right now than this. Yeah. You know, but you know, Narnia is fiction, and yeah. and and uh, you know a lot of that. You know, those monumental books are fiction, mm-hmm. and so you you know there's a place for them. Well, the Western canon. You know, you hear you hear that you know people refer to the western canon what has shaped the west and when you look at those great books by and large it's fiction mm-hmm. um and i think the reason why that has shaped our world so much well I even look at scripture scripture is not fiction but it is 60 percent story and and i think it's because there is a cadence and rhythm to good fiction that shapes us in a way that we're not conscious of and that's why and that's why i consider it a weakness on my part is because mm-hmm. i know i'm not exposing myself to being shaped in uh, um in aspects of life that reflect truth not because i'm not reading theology or things like that that are shaping me with truth but because um i'm going to be a lot more two-dimensional of a person i think if mm-hmm. if i don't get shaped by those things because there's a beauty to story um in the world god's created that connects us i think it helps us evangelistically um you know paul had that evangelistic touch point with the athenians and i don't think it was i think those guys that he was quoting one of them was a poet Mm -hmm. um i don't gravitate toward poetry Mm -hmm. Uh, i've tried um but i don't as much um, it's just sensitive guys trying hard it's sensitive guys trying hard and you know that i'm not sensitive at all right and Rarely try hard. <laughs> no, no. I'm so glad right now I'm not sensitive. That doesn't that doesn't hurt at all. So. <laughs> Harry Potter. That's another one. Well, yeah. You think about the Pilgrim's Progress and the impact that it's had throughout history, um, on, on in many people's lives, non-Christians alike. I mean, they 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 see that Pilgrim's Progress as a masterpiece. Um, yeah, I mean, fiction fiction does play, a, I think, a, a pivotal role in, in how we think about things. And I'm 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 not that way either. I only started reading the Chronicles of Narnia because I was reading it to my kids. Um, 
and then I found out that I was just reading it by myself after the kids would go to sleep. I just kept, kept, kept reading, reading ahead. Yeah, you were cheating. Right. I just kept reading. Um, yeah. Well, and I think our, our our boys especially they need they need fiction. They need good stories. Mm-hmm. And this thought's not original to me. I'm stealing it. Um, but like I'll look at Lincoln, right? And what are the things that get him excited? To it's it's stories about heroes. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you can take you can you can sit down in 30 seconds and tell your son, um, you need to God has created you to be a courageous man who fights battles and and is self-controlled. And and he'll go, okay, Right. Like, okay, he understands the concept. But then he reads St. George and the Dragon. Mm. And that invigorates him in a way that me telling him the same truth that is embodied through a beautiful story just doesn't convey. Next it, thing you know, he's wearing a cape. Yeah. Around the house. Right. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I think that that's the power of story. And so that's why I need, I think we need more fiction yeah. in the church. Uh, that's just my personal opinion. It's not gospel, but we need scripture above all. And good stories are good stories because they they reflect the truths of the redemptive arc of scripture in ways that, uh, and even the world understands that. There's something about those enduring tales that, that trash dime novels don't really do. And there, so there's a way to read fiction that is a total waste of time. But then there's sure. the good stuff. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think we can come away from this podcast understanding that reading is, is essential to the Christian walk. Um, most essentially is, is reading the scriptures and then picking up these books that will help us through the scriptures to guide us and and help us so um hopefully if you're not a reader uh, this this podcast has helped you to see the importance and necessity of of reading are we gonna are you gonna make a transcript of this podcast so people can read it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah okay. that's the next thing yeah no this is helpful i think this is this is helpful for our people and helpful for me as i think about my own reading because I think that's it's easy to sit down and read and and just do it out of pure entertainment, which is not a bad thing. Um, but when it's only that, um, or to the neglect of other things, to the neglect of other yeah. things, yeah, yeah. Uh, it can be dangerous. So. I have been reading so much about loving my wife lately that I have not. I just haven't had time to get up and do the dishes. Yeah, you know, yeah. that makes total sense. But yeah. I really feel good. Mm-hmm. toward her because I'm sensitive. You feel I'm, like you love her. I more. feel like I'm becoming more sensitive You are yeah. to how well, angry she is that I don't help with the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> we should ask Jen about yeah. how much more she feels loved. Yeah, that's next week. So much. <laughs> just, just, just take my word for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, church, we love you. Uh, we look forward to being with you on Sunday. And next week, as we open up our podcasts on our 20 years as a church, uh, that will be a good series. I'm looking forward to that. So, um, we'll see you on Sunday. Have a good day. <laughs>